Hello, Hi, Babylonians. We almost said that perfectly. <laughs> Drinks by me some coke. So- us for a long time even from the beginning and we cannot say thank you enough and I know a lot of you have been asking a lot lately how do you make your own podcast well it's simple I use anchor Anchor anchor.fm which is the website or there is an app or you can go on your computer whatever you want to do it's the easiest way Um, it is run through Spotify so that is one of the first uh, platforms that you'll be able to distribute your podcast out onto and there's lots of different it'll stream to at least I think 10 different platforms or more um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown about how it works anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer so no matter where your setup is like you can start creating today today and tell me what your podcast name is because you know I'm gonna listen Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I know a lot of you have been asking for video. Don't worry, I'm working on it. With Anchor, creators can earn money, yes, yes, you heard that right, in a variety of ways, including ads like this one and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. That's what sold me even though it didn't have to sell me because it's free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy listening. Every time it's... Buy me some Coke. Yeah. It's from the office. Oh, okay. Please don't come at me. No, I why pay would for, they, I most pay people for, love The Office. I know, but no, but I want I don't want like the writers to come for they, me. Nicole, we're not that popular. Okay. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> one day we could be. <laughs> Facts. Someone but. told us that we could be big one day, and I'm like, that's what she said. <laughs> I mean, I'm big, but I meant the um I'm podcast. only going to get bigger, too. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. So this is episode 50. This is super exciting. What? Do we have some noise for the 50? Um, I don't really know. We got some bongos. I don't know. <laughs> How about an orchestra hit? I don't know. <laughs> was... Oh, um, spiders. Oh, that's creepy. That's not even fun at all. Or uh, uh this one. Ta-da! 50, episode 50. Yeah. How about some bling? <laughs> uh, these are just all the sounds that are on anchor. Um, <laughs> that's right. You heard correctly. Episode 50. And Five. what's missing? Is Kelly. Sad. So, Kelly was planning on being here, so please don't be like, oh my god, I'm so sad. Because we are. That was we. That was us. That was all. We do have a guest, and her name is Zoe, but she doesn't say a whole lot because she's a dog. But yes, Kelly had um, had the most carefree day today, and then all of a sudden, 
everything all at once that could have happened happened and life just kind of went everywhere so and said no podcast for you yeah basically (laughs) so she is here in spirit yes we love you so much kelly and at some point we're getting her back yeah i'm gonna just we're just gonna show up at her house I think that's what we're going to do. And she honestly says that sometime is better. So we're going to do it like ninjas. Yeah. But this, um, we can't do anything small here because as we said, we're big (laughs) (laughs) and it's the big five. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so this case that we're covering, it's, uh, it's a big one and it's going to be a two parter. So you guys know what that means. It's Tuesday that you're listening to this in your ear holes right now. Mm-hmm. And part two will be out on Friday. Hey-o. So episodes 50 and 51 are going to come to you. I keep getting a notification. Twice in a week. Twice in a week. I'm really upset with the Cubs right now. So, um, But yeah, so um, not a whole lot to like touch base on. Um, like We've still got all you wonderful listeners, old listeners, new listeners. Hello, hi, hey, welcome. We love you. We um, appreciate you. Thanks for you. listening. Yep, 40... Uh oh, is it forty five countries? Forty six? Oh shit! Is it forty four? I don't know. We're in a lot of countries. Hey, so many that I can't even remember the number. Hey, and I want to say sorry. I'm going to make this about me for a second. Always. So as much as Kelly was supposed to be here on episode what 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 fifty, this is the fortieth episode I have been a part yes. of, and I'm also forty. Hey, Not yo. like today. You guys all know I had my birthday back in December, but I'm still forty. But she's still forty. Hasn't. <laughs> As we've talked in past episodes when we sit there and try to figure out years because I'm so obsessed with birthdays. Yes, she is. Yes, I am. And I still get made fun of for it at work. And it's not just by Kelly either because Kelly and I do work <laughs> together sometimes at my job. Um, but yeah, I love birthdays. My brothers um, had a lot of humans and I'm carrying my second human and I love birthdays. I know aunts, cousins, siblings, my best friend. I best friends. I have a few of those. She has. Um, and I correlate it to so many different things in life. Like I literally it's beautiful. I, I love it. <laughs> there's a except except when things like this happen. This lady today I looked at cuz I where I work I have to look at a lot of IDs. Um and her birthday was the same day as Ted Bundy's, and that's obviously not something I'm going to share with someone. Or you do. I don't really know why. It's November 24th, so if you guys share that birthday, that's that's Ted Bundy's birthday, too. So, but TB. But, yes. Oh, God. Oh, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. All right, so since this is a long end, we're going to dive in. Yep. So, shorter intro for you, so. You're welcome. Um, yeah, you're welcome. So, this, um, we talked a little bit about this. Actually, I think we've brought it up a couple times on different episodes, and it's a big, 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 big case. It is the case of Sylvia, Sylvia, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Sylvia Marie Likens, because um, uh, Shauna had something in her rabbit hole last week, and so I ended up deep diving into it. I watched the movie. Um, I'm going to talk about that maybe towards the end of this not this episode, if not in the next one, about how I felt about that movie. Okay. Um, you haven't watched it yet, have Correct. you? Correct. I mean, it's still mostly accurate, but uh, we'll, get into w- it. we'll get into it. So <laughs> um, I even have the pronunciation because <laughs> when Shauna talked about it, I'm like, that was not even. And I would have pronounced it too of the lady that ends up um, taking Sylvia's life, but we'll get to that part. So let's start with the beginning. Okay. So Sylvia was born on January 3rd, 1949 in Indiana. She was the third of five children born to carnival workers, Lester and Elizabeth, who goes by Betty Likens. Uh, She was actually born between two sets of fraternal twins. Uh, 
Oh. So I'm like, that's like a hardcore middle child. Wow, yeah. <laughs> two sets of, yeah. Um, her older siblings were Daniel and Diana, and they were two years older than her. And then she had two younger siblings, um, Benny and Jenny, who were one year younger than her. Uh, Jenny suffered from polio as a child, oh. and it caused one of her legs to be weaker than the other. And she had a noticeable limp. And ha- lymph, I don't know why I said it with a PH sound, but I'm fine. <laughs> had to wear a steel brace on one of her legs. I, I don't know if it was her, I want to say it was her left leg, but don't quote me on that. I could be very wrong. Well, is it that, is it either left or right? So. Left or right, she's only got two legs. <laughs> so, um, Sylvia was a pretty confident and outgoing girl. She had, and her nickname was Cookie. That's what her dad nicknamed her. Um, she was pr- very pretty, but um, kept her m- front mouth closed due to missing a front tooth. That got front her- mouth? I'm sorry. <laughs> kept her mouth closed <laughs> due to missing a front tooth. Her front mouth. Not uh, her bottom mouth. Not her bottom mouth or her side mouth. Her whole fucking front mouth. Oh, my God. This I'm case sorry. is so rough, and this is how we start. She was missing her front tooth, and it got knocked out when she was seven. Okay, I'm sorry. And she, okay, never mind. I don't want to get ahead because it's in my notes at some point. That tooth comes back around eventually. Not the whole tooth, just the missing one. I'm leaving. Bye. The whole tooth, nothing but the tooth. <laughs> oh, no. We got to be lighthearted now because it's not going to be lighthearted later. Um, so Sylvia's parents' marriage was pretty unstable. They often sold candy, beer, and soda at carnival stands around Indiana, I know, I'm saying things so weird tonight. I don't know what's wrong with me. But throughout the summers and would frequently move um, to keep up with where the carnivals were at and had severe uh, financial difficulties. Lester only had an eighth grade education and other jobs over the course of his life outside of carnival work, which include, uh, included a laundry route, working in factories, and he owned a small restaurant at one point, but that obviously went belly up. And now, for some reason, I'm thinking of fried pickles. Um, <laughs> I've really wanted pudding and pickles and chocolate all day. I'm fine. So pregnant. <laughs> Cravings have been a curve today. But anyways, back on track here. So, Sylvia's brothers traveled with their parents quite a bit to help make ends meet. But Jenny and Sylvia um, couldn't go along because there was concern for their education and safety. They wanted them to get further ahead. Good. Um, like, unlike their dad, who, like I said, had an eighth grade uh, education. Diana was grown up, and she was married, and she comes into play later, because we don't hear a whole lot about her until okay. towards um, the end of Sylvia's life. Um, the girls ended up staying with relatives or their grandmother when their brothers and parents were working the carnival circuit. So in her teenage years, Sylvia um, earned money babysitting and running errands or performing ironing chores for her friends and neighbors, and then would... Um, whatever money she make, she would give to her mom just to help. Aww. She was also very passionate about music. In particular, she loved the Beatles. My girl. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now I am think every time I'm going to listen to the Beatles, I'm going to think of her. Um, and she was very protective of her younger sister, Jenny. The girls loved to go to the skating rink, and um, Sylvia would hold Jenny up, and so she wouldn't have to put any weight on her but, foot that was weaker. Yeah. She was just the best big sister. So, by June of 1965, they lived with their parents in Indianapolis. I had a hard time saying that word a couple days ago as I was thinking about this case for today. Um, On July 3rd of 1965, her mom ended up getting arrested for shoplifting. So, Lester ended up uh, arranging for the girls to go live with a woman who was named Gertrude Banaszewski. And I had to listen to... I listened to a couple different podcasts on top of the movie 
because it actually uses the care or the people in the story's names. But Benishevsky, not Benazuski, like it's spelled. And not however I pronounced it. <laughs> so. Um, so she was the mother of two girls that Sylvia and Jenny had become acquainted with at their new school that they were studying at, the Arsenal Technical High School. And the girls' names were Paula and Stephanie. The Arsenal? Arsenal okay. Technical High School. Arsenal. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's what it's called. Gertrude assured Lester the girls would be treated just as she treated her own, but I write on here that she's a lying sack of shit. So, a little backstory. Nobody gets that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Just wait. I don't know how much, I don't know how many details you know about her. I don't know any. You're going to, okay, be prepared to cry. A little backstory on nasty old Gertrude. I used her name because I typed out these notes. Um, sometimes they called her Gertie, and sometimes I use Gertrude. It just depends on... So if I say that, it's she's the same person. Um, she's called her Rude. Gertrude, rude lady. Mm-hmm. She was born September 19th, uh, 1968 in Indianapolis to Molly Myrtle and High Marcus Van Fossen Sr. Okay. <laughs> it's a name. Her parents were from Illinois and were of American Dutch descent. She was the third of six children, and so that explains why she ends up having a boatload of kids herself. Um, her family was of working class. Um, she was a poor little shit, as I wrote on here. I'm not going to say anything nice about this woman because she doesn't deserve it. Okay. On October 5th, oh, she wasn't born in 1968. That wouldn't There's make any sense. I mean, wasn't um, so yeah, she, born Yeah, I think it was 1938, and I don't know how to type. Okay. Because... Because Sylvia is in 49, I believe you said. Yeah, okay. so that doesn't make any sense. Okay. She was born September 19th. I have her birth year. You're wrong. Um, on October 5th, 1939, because that's how I know I'm wrong, Gert, um, she, she Gertie ended up seeing her 50-year-old father die of a sudden heart attack, like literally right in front of her. Um, six years later, she dropped out of high school at 16 to marry an 18-year-old named John Banaszewski. I almost said it wrong again, (laughs) who was from Youngsville, Pennsylvania, and they ended up having four kids. Um, He had a really nasty temper and would beat the crap out of his wife occasionally, Um, you know, casual. And they were married 10 years prior to their first divorce, because yes, they get married again. So after their divorce, she ends up getting married real quick to this dude named Edward Guthrie. Three months later, she's divorced again from Eddie, and then she reconciles with John, remarries her abusive first husband, and gives him two more children. Six kids total. So they end up divorcing in 1963. Just weeks after her third divorce, she somehow convinces a 22-year-old man named Dennis Wright to get into a relationship with her. Six kids and three divorces sounds like a dream life. Wrong. Dennis was also very abusive towards her, and that's actually portrayed in the movie. Um, It's called An American Crime. It's, well, good, well, okay. She had a son with Wright, um, Dennis Jr., and shortly after he was born, Dennis Sr. was like, peace, I'm out of here, and so she ended up filing a paternity suit for child support, even though he barely paid, like, he would rarely pay child support for him. So. When back then, it didn't matter, like, the, the courts really didn't get involved. Uh-uh, not like so, they do today. Right. By 1965, Gertie and her seven kids um, lived alone. She had Paula, 17, Stephanie, 15, John, 12, Marie, 11, Shirley, 10, James, 8, and Dennis Jr., who was a year old. Um, This is about when uh, Jenny and uh, Sylvia come into her life. She often told the kids that Dennis Jr.'s father was in the Army serving in Germany to justify his lack of existence. 
She was 36 years old, 5'6", and only weighed about 100 pounds. Um, she was described as a haggard, underweight asthmatic. She liked to chain smoke, suffered from depression and stress due to three failed marriages, a failed relationship, and a recent miscarriage. So she could have had eight kids. So, I mean, I want to feel sympathy for her, but I can't because I know what she is capable right. of and what's about to come. So the sporadic checks from her husband, father to six of her seven kids, so he ended up paying some money towards her. Um, was He was actually a former police officer in, India, in Indianapolis. See, I know I was going to mess it up at some point. She relied upon the support in her, um, his child support for her and her kids. She did odd jobs for neighbors and acquaintances and would, like, as... Um, oh my goodness, such as sewing and cleaning to earn money. And they even give her address of where she lived at, which was 3850 East New York Street in Indianapolis, where rent was only $55 a month. Wow. What a dream. How, I wonder how many bedrooms. It, it looked like it had, I don't, I'm basing it off what I saw in the sure, movie, but sure. it looked like it was, it had it's a basement wow. because that's where Sylvia gets taken a few times. And then there's, there was like three or four bedrooms wow. upstairs. So, like an upstairs, a main floor, and a basement. So it was this like... 60-something? 1965. Okay. Yep. So, um, now we're back to Gertie bringing these girls in. Um, after the 4th of July, the sisters moved to the house in order for their parents to travel to the East Coast with the carnival. Because they're in... Where did I say? Indiana. So they're like Midwest. Well, where Indiana is considered Midwest, whatever. I don't really know. Um, if you're from Indiana and that offends you, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's up that way. So they go to the East Coast. Um, Lester promised to send $20 every week for keeping the girls at her home and would come back to get Sylvia and Jenny in November of that year. So this is June? Or 4th of July. It's after 4th of July. $20 every week? Yeah. That would take care of the rent. Yeah. For a month, yeah. yeah. A, more, a month plus that, more. Yeah, a little bit yep. more. So that's... Good yeah, job. But just I, I know, wait. but that was... I mean, the money always came, but... Well, okay. okay, let's, let's, let's not get sorry. crazy here. No, you're fine. So the first few weeks at the home were pre pleasant. You know, little discipline or abuse. Nothing crazy. Nothing, you know, off the wall. Sylvia sang along to pop records with the daughter, Stephanie, because they were close in age. And um, willingly participated in housework at Gertrude's house. Like, they were good kids. Like, they weren't going to just be assholes. Um... They regularly attended Sunday school, and where the pastor commended Sylvia on her piety, which was her devotion to her religion. I think it's piety. Piety? It sounds right. I think I even looked up how to say it, and I didn't put it in my notes. But anyways, um, another, one article stated that Sylvia and Paula clashed at the beginning of the girls' stay. Another said that some of the abuse started towards the girl when Lester's promise of $20 each week would be late. The payments failed to consistently arrive on the prearranged dates, only late by one or two days. So what? Uh, okay, hold I, on. I'm just... I know, but it's just like, you know they're coming. Yeah, like, especially in the... They, they touch base on that in the movie, too. Um, Gertrude took her frustration out on the sisters by beating their bare buttocks with various instruments, one of them being a quarter-inch thick paddle. And at... Um, this was, like, right in the beginning when the first payment was late. She's like, well... This is a quote that she said. Well, I took care of you two little bitches for two little bitches for a week for nothing. Um, another weapon of her choice was a thick leather belt that her ex-husband had um, from being a police officer, um, as if they had control over their parents, their dad's late payments. So uh, one. And I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. Babcock. No, you're fine. If 
if the consistency is that it's going to be a day or two late, so then maybe maybe stop expecting the check to be there on the 15th and expect it to be there on the 16th. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the 16th like, or the 18th. Or, or if what, I mean, if it's weekly. Or if, yeah, and if, if like, the 15th falls on a... Or, fucking get over yeah. it. Like, you could, you could figure it out in your head that, okay, it's usually a day or two late. So yep. expect it. Expect it on that second day yeah. after. Get Especially what if they mail it on a Friday. It won't get there until, like, Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Like, if she's supposed to get it every Tuesday, it may not get there till Wednesday. So expect or it on Thursday, and then if it gets there on Wednesday, woohoo, what a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Fuck off, you twat goblin. <laughs> so, um, one occasion in late August, both girls were beaten 15 times on the back with the paddle after Paula accused <sighs> the sisters of eating too much food at the church supper um, that the all the kids attended. Mm. So another instance, they were um, punished for exchanging soft drink bottles for change at the grocery store. Another time, um, Gertie suspected Sylvia of stealing, and she used matches to burn Sylvia's fingers. Hmm. Um, When Gertie was two weeks, she would turn to Paula to take over the discipline. So this is, as horrible as that sounds, is mild to what's about to come. Which one's Paula? She's the oldest. She's 17. Of Sylvia's daughters? Of Gertie's daughters, yes. And then Sylvia's 16, and then uh, Jenny's 15. And then she's got, like... Jenny and Sylvia are blood sisters. Sisters, yes. But Paula? Paula is Gertie's daughter. Okay. Her oldest. Okay. Yeah, Paula plays a big part of this. Just as much as Gertie. Because she is um, a very weak woman, just because she's very petite, and she's asthmatic, but she loves to chain smoke, so... So by mid-August of 1965, the abuse ended up being focused solely on Sylvia. Um, it stopped with Jenny and just was straight to Sylvia for whatever reason. Well, okay, so the reason why they um, claimed that it was on Sylvia only was out of jealousy for her physical appearance and potential mm-hmm. she had in her life. She was a pretty girl, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she just had a very, just, there was a lot that was going on for her potential future. So... Like um, Cinderella, sorry. Kind of, like yeah. The stepsisters being yep. jealous that she's so pretty and yep. walk her away. And, yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, the abuse went past beatings, moving on to starvation, forcing Sylvia to eat leftovers or spoiled food out of garbage cans. On one occasion, she was accused of stealing candy that she actually had paid for. Another occasion in late August, Sylvia sub- was subjected to more humiliation when she claimed to have a boyfriend in Long Beach whom she said she had met in the spring of 1965 when they lived in California. In response to hearing this, Gertrude asked if she had ever done anything with a boy, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. to which Sylvia replied, unsure of what she meant exactly. I guess so. Like, she didn't know what right. she meant because she's 16 and mm-hmm. she's very, very into her religion, too. Mm-hmm. So um, Sylvia followed up with saying she had gone skating with boys and went to a park on the beach with them and Jenny. One time she told Sylvia, or not Sylvia, Stephanie and Jenny that she had laid under blankets with her boyfriend. Um, Gertrude asked her, why did you do that, Sylvia? And she said she didn't know. So several days later, Gertie brings this topic up again and tells her, you're going, you're getting big in the stomach, Sylvia. It looks like you're going to have a baby. Yeah. Wait till you, wait till later. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Sylvia thought she was joking, and she goes, yeah, it sure is getting big. Big. I'm going to have to go on a diet. So Gertrude told the girls that any time they did something with a boy, they would be sure to have a baby, but not going into detail about how actually to have a baby gotcha. itself. Um, she then kicked Sylvia in her genitals. Um, that happens pretty frequently over the course of this 
um, stay that she has. Paula herself overweight, three months pregnant, her own daughter, um, was also insanely ah, insanely jealous of Sylvia's appearance and started attacking her more and even pushing her off a chair in the kitchen and shouting, "You you ain't fit to sit in a chair. Another time the family was eating and Gertie, Paula, and a neighborhood boy named Randy Gordon Lepper Force-fed um, Sylvia hot dog overloaded with condiments, mustard, ketchup, and spices. Um, she ended up vom- vomiting and was later forced to eat what she had thrown up. Oh, my gosh. So this was giving me, um, like, I don't know if you've ever read the book, A Child Called It yeah. Vibes. Yeah. It's, oof, yeah. And it, um, and her only way of, only act of retaliating, this is, like, the only bad thing that she does, c- considered her treatment that's only going to get worse, um, Sylvia told everyone at the high school Stephanie and Paula were prostitutes. <laughs> she did this only due to the treatment she was receiving at the Banashevskys. Um, Stephanie ended up being approached by a boy at school who propositioned her for a sexual favor after hearing the rumor. When the girls got home, Stephanie asked Sylvia about the accusation and she immediately admitted to it. Um, Stephanie ended up punching her and Sylvia immediately apologized as she's like bawling her eyes out. Um, Stephanie also began to cry. Um, she ends up being more soft towards Sylvia and everything, which is not portrayed in the movie. Okay, Toward- so now I'm confused because it was Paula. I mean, it was Paula. Paula and, and then Stephanie's the next one. Okay. She's the second oldest of Gertie's. Okay. Yep, because she has seven children. That's right. Okay. And then, yeah, and I'll, I think I mentioned the kids' names further you on, too. earlier, but, like, I They come back into play because she okay. has seven um, <laughs> Stephanie's boyfriend, 15-year-old Coy Hubbard, heard this rumor, and he attacked Sylvia also, banging her head against the wall, slapped her, and then flipped her backwards onto the floor, and then Gertie finished it off with a paddle session on Sylvia for spreading this awful rumor. That Sorry about that noise. It's We're in the basement, and you can hear everything going on upstairs because of our microphones that pick up all the sound. Every sound. <laughs> so yes, my child is upstairs being crazy. Um, on another occasion, Paula beat Sylvia in the face with such force that she ended up breaking her own wrist. Her hits focused on Sylvia's teeth and her eyes. And when she got her cast, she ended up using her cast to beat Sylvia more. Gertie ended up um, making up stories about Sylvia engaging in prostitution, even berating her for getting into it and how dirty it was. So what do you mean when she got her cast? Because Paula broke her wrist when she was beating up. Sylvia at one point. broke her own wrist. Yeah, by hitting her so hard in the face and her teeth and eyes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Gertrude at one point even made Jenny hit her own sister, which would result in her being beaten just as much if she didn't obey. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's only going to get worse. I feel like that's a growing theme here. Coy and several classmates began to visit the house and would physically and verbally torment Sylvia. The Banaszewski children would join in along with her, with Gertie in all these tormenting ways, physically God, and verbally. Super insecure people, gross. Like or even the children, like yeah, even well, the little, young ones, like the eleven, the eight year old, all of them. When that's all you're around. Yep. Like, um, the neighbor kids would be invited over and were allowed to quote unquote punish Sylvia. They would even use her as a practice dummy in judo sessions violently, lacerating her body, burning her skin with cigarettes in excess of a hundred times, and severely injuring her genitals. Um, 
At one time for Gertrude's Entertainment, okay, I'm going to put a warning here. Um, this is going to get really, really graphic, so if you're not into really, really graphic things, um, I would skip ahead a little bit right now. She ended up forcing Sylvia to strip naked in the living room and masturbate with a glass Pepsi Cola bottle in their presence. Like she had to shove it inside oh of her. Gosh. In front of all of the kids. Like Gertie's own children sat oh there and watched gosh. that. Yeah. And then Gertrude told Jenny, this was um, to prove a point to Jenny about what kind of girl Sylvia was oh. by making her do that. Is and she like sitting there crying as she's doing it? In the movie, that's she is. Anytime, any anytime something happened to Sylvia, like Jenny just sat there and just sobbed. No, I meant Sylvia. Oh, well, okay, Sylvia, I, yeah, too. Yeah, it's awful. Oh. Um, Elliot Page ended portrayed her in that movie, and oh my god, I'm like, that movie would mess you up, just by portraying this thing, and it was well, mild based on actual actual events. events. Yeah, cool. awful. Um, Sylvia was eventually told by Gertrude that she couldn't go to school anymore after she confessed to um, stealing a gym suit for school after Gertie had refused to buy it for her. For this act of theft, um, she ended up getting whipped with a leather police belt. Another time, or then during, um, Gertie ended up switching her conversation to the evils of premarital sex and then repeatedly kicked Sylvia in her genitals again. When Would that include the fucking bottle that she made her do? I mean, come right. on now. Yeah. That's um, you. So Stephanie yeah. ends up kind of trying to come to Sylvia's rescue, shouting, she didn't even do anything. Um, so she tried to, like, get her mother away from her. So Stephanie, like, starts having a big change of heart. Um, Gertrude ends up burning her fingertips more with matches after whipping her more. Um, a few days after this incident, Jenny ends up getting whipped for stealing a single tennis shoe from school to wear on her strong foot. Um, the girls were fearful and didn't tell anyone of their abuse that um, in fear it would get only get worse. I would so be telling my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> their parents visited throughout July and August. Um, each time they'd leave, Gertie would look at Sylvia and say, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? Now they're gone. She would just look at her and just say that. Like, how so fucking... for these kids who can't tell their parents. Like, who oh. are so scared because they're like, what, what, are, what are they right. going to do? They can't, they won't take us with them. Yeah, it... Ugh. I don't know. Um, another occasion in September, the girls encountered their older sister, Diana, at a local park. So this is um, uh, Sylvia and Jenny's big sister. Right. One of the older fraternal twins. Yeah. The younger sisters told of their abuse and how it was mainly focused on Sylvia, but Diana didn't receive much info. Info? I don't know why I said it like That's that. Right. Or even where the girls were staying and shrugged it off that the girls were exaggerating the mistreatment. So weeks before this encounter, Sylvia had seen her sister, Diana, again, and had told her she was hungry. Sylvia was with Marie Banaszewski, one of the younger sisters. I don't remember her age. Um, and Diana gave her sister a sandwich. Marie ended up telling her mother about it and accused Sylvia of gluttony before Gertie and Paula choked her and bludgeoned her. Um... She was then put in a scalding bath to cleanse her of her sins, as Gertie said. And during this bath, um, this particular time, Gertie ended up grabbing her hair and banged her head against the bath to revive her when she fainted from being into having into wounds and then getting into burning hot water. She fainted. Um, shortly after this, a father... And not, obviously not eating much either. Yeah. If like, she's yeah, the malnourishment was ten times worse. Um, shortly after this, the father of one of the neighborhood boys named Michael Monroe called the um, high school anonymously to report a girl with open sores across her entire body that was living at the Banaszewski house. 
Sylvia, Sylvie, I don't know why I said that. Sylvia hadn't been at school for several days, so a school nurse ended up visiting the home to investigate. So they hid her, and Gertie told them that Sylvia ran away from the house the previous week and didn't know where she was. She said Sylvia was out of control and that the sores that were reported were because Sylvia refused to maintain her personal hygiene. Gertie continued on that Sylvia was a bad influence on her kids and even Jenny, and the school made no further investigation. Oh, my. Because, oh, and of I'm course... So gl- <coughs> Excuse me, they choke on my words. I'm so glad things have changed now. Yeah. Like, there is no way that would just... Okay, I shouldn't say no way. It's very less likely that yeah. something like that would be like, okay, shrug of the shoulders, let's go on. They're, yeah, they're, the 16-year-old missing. Nowadays yeah. are going to look more into it. Exactly. So, um, the immediate neighbors... Especially, I'm sorry. Have you reported her missing? Yeah. Let's file a police report. Like, she is still a child. She is a minor. I know this is 1965 or 60-something. Yeah, 1965, yes. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Yep. So the immediate neighbors of the Banaszewski family was a middle-aged couple named Raymond and Phyllis Vermillion. Um, Both initially viewed Gertie as an ideal caregiver for the Lycan sisters. And they often visited the... Banaszewski residence on two, or they visited twice when the girls had been under Gertie's care. On both occasions, they witnessed Paula physically abusing Lycans, who on both occasions had a black eye, and openly boasting about her mistreatment of the children, mistreatment of the child to then. So upon their second visit to the house, um, they both observed Lycans to be extremely, uh, Sylvia, sorry. At one point, I, um, I would either type from the notes that I was reading, or I'd t- um, I kept trying to use her name, so I wanted Sylvia to be said more than anybody okay. else. Um, Sylvia to be very meek and somewhat zombified in nature. Nevertheless, they never reported her um, evident mistreatment to the authorities. So many people saw her. So many people saw her, and nobody, nobody said anything. Around October 1st, Diana figured out where her sisters were staying at and tried to initiate contact. Um, Gertie didn't let her in the house, saying their parents gave permission to Gertie to not allow Diana to see her sisters. Right off. Yep, Ugh. exactly. Um, go away. Bye. Uh, two weeks later, Diana ran into Jenny and asked about Sylvia, and Jenny told her, "I can't tell you, or I'll get into trouble." Oh my! I can't even imagine as a big sister. <gasps> Yeah. Hey. As a little sister, watching your big sister. Because Jenny's but, yeah, younger. But, 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 oh, as Diana. Yeah. I'd be like, you're letting me in this goddamn house. I would so be giving the police. I would be like, home. yeah, bulldozing that sucker down. I'm um, calling my parents. Yeah. I mean, I like, know there was a cell phone thing, but like, or writing a letter. I don't know. Yeah. They, well, at one point, they go into the a payphone because those were a thing. Right. Um, as the torture and mistreatment continued, Sylvia became incontinent. She wasn't able to use the bathroom, and she would end up soiling, wetting herself. And, of course, if she peed on herself or pooped or whatever, um, she was beat for that. October, on October 6th, Gertie threw her into the basement and tied her up. She was often left naked, rarely fed, and um, at some points was tied to the railing with her feet barely touching the ground. So she was, like, basically hanging off the staircase. Yeah. Weeks before going into the basement, Gertie would tell the kids that Sylvia said things about them and would encourage them to belittle and attack her. On one occasion, um, she had, Gertie had a knife and told Sylvia to fight her back, and Sylvia said she didn't know how to fight, so she ended up putting a wound on Sylvia's leg. Um, the neighborhood kids were charged five cents to see the display of Sylvia's body and to humiliate, beat, scald, burn, and even mutilate her body. 
Um, and how do those kids not go home and tell their parents, like slip up and tell their parents? Be like, oh yeah, what I we, did. We were beating up the neighborhood <sighs> girl. Like, yeah, like, I, uh, I don't fucking know. Um, while kept in the basement, Gertie and the kids would restrain and gag Sylvia and then put her in the scalding bath and rub salt into her wounds. Um, another occasion, Gertie and her son, John, rubbed urine and feces into Sylvia's mouth from the youngest son's diaper, because he was only a year old at this point. Uh, oh my ugh. gosh, I'm so sorry, Sophie. She had such a... Oh. After, um, after that, they gave her a half cup of water, which would be her only water for that entire day, because she was, she's rarely giving anything. So that was, um, October 6th, so now we're moving on to October 22nd. Um, John, which is one of one of the, her kids, I think he's 12. Oh, I don't remember how old he is. Um, John tormented Sylvia by giving her soup to eat with just her hands. And then as she would reach out to try and, like, start eating it, he would take it away from her. And she was too weak to, like, try to reach for it or anything. Um, she was definitely suffering extreme uh, malnourishment at this point. Gertie finally let her come sleep upstairs on the rule she didn't wet herself in her sleep. Sylvia whispered to Jenny to give her a glass of water before she fell asleep. So she ends up going to sleep and she ends up wetting herself in the bed. Um, and as punishment was again, she had to put that glass Coke bottle in her vagina in the presence of the children. And then she was put back into the basement. So oh they, did that to her, they did that to her twice. Or she had to do it to herself twice. Um, shortly after this occasion, Gertie told Sylvia, you branded my daughters, now I'm going to brand you, because she called them prostitutes, even though this had been months before. Yeah. Um, so, okay, this gets real, 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 real graphic. Um, so she had the children hold her down, and with a hot needle, she, um, carved into Sylvia's abdomen that said, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, and you can actually, I'll probably have a picture of this on our, um, show notes. Um, Gertie couldn't finish the branding, so she had one of the children finish etching the words in her skin, and that was 14-year-old Richard Hobbs. Uh, Dick Gert Hobbs. Yeah, exactly. And in the movie, it was portrayed that he had, like, this big crush on her, hmm. but yet he did that. So yeah. I don't know if that's factual for real life, but that's how the movie portrayed it, that he had this big old crush on her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense, but whatever. It's, I think his name, I think it's Evan... Uh, from freaking American Horror Story, Evan Peters? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think he's the one who portrayed him in the movie. Ugh. But even if he had a crush with a mother like that... Yeah. It was just... Know, you could have a crush and ugh. still have this weird, I need to control you, you're under my power. Right, like, especially because that was sadly a mentality in that time and era. Whew. So... Um, Gertie took Jenny t away to the grocery store to keep her away from what was happening to her sister. Uh, Richard and Shirley Banaszewski, which is two of the younger kids, led Sylvia back downstairs where they tried to burn the letter S onto her left breast with an anchor bolt, but they applied the loop backwards so it ended up resembling the number three. Um, Gertie then asked Sylvia with this carving on her stomach, Sylvia, what are you going to do now? You can't get married now. What are you going to do? And Sylvia said through tears, um, I guess there's nothing I can do. Later that day, Sylvia was forced to show the neighborhood kids her carving and say that she got it at a sex party. That night, Sylvia told her sister, Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell it. And that was oh. on the, around the 22nd. So the next day, Gertie had Sylvia handwrite a, a letter that said that she ran away, like 
literally like had her hand write it. The letter was intended to frame a local, a group of local boys who were anonymous. They weren't people who were actually um, abusing her, who caused all the abuse and mutilation to her body. Of course she has to put the blame somewhere else. After she agreed to sexual relationships with, relations with them. So after she wrote the letter, Gertie planned to have John Jr. and Jenny blindfold Sylvia and take her to a wooded area known as Jimmy's Forest and leave her there to die. Before her removal from the home, she was tied to the stair railing, offered crackers to eat, although she refused them and said, give it to the dog. I don't want it. Um, Gertie ended up forcing the crackers in her mouth before John and before John and Gertie ended up beating her, and they hit her especially in her stomach area. Yes. So, we're on to October 25th. Sylvia tried to escape after hearing the plan to ditch her in the woods. Um, Gertrude caught her before she could escape the property due to she was just so weak. Um, she could barely make it out the door, let alone into the yard. Um, Sylvia was given toast to eat but couldn't consume food due to her extreme state of dehydration. And um, Gertie ended up forcing the toast in her mouth before s- hitting Sylvia in the face with a curtain rod until it bent at certain angles is how hard she hit her. And then Coy, which was Stephanie's boyfriend, took the rod and hit Sylvia one more time and she went unconscious. How can you like enjoy doing this? Like how can you Ugh. Yeah. Um, they ended up dragging her into the basement. After she came to, Sylvia tried to alert neighbors by screaming and hitting the basement walls with a spade. Like, to be able to still get up and get that kind of courage, like... She was such a fucking little warrior. Fighter. So, one neighbor heard Sylvia, but after the noise stopped around 3 a.m., she decided she didn't need to notify police. Oh, okay. I don't know what time it started, but I'm assuming it was probably... Yeah, it's great. The fucking whole neighborhood sucked. And they even show at one point, um, in like depicted in the movie, there's a neighbor and she's out like watering her lawn. And you can hear Sylvia screaming in the house. And she just kind of ignores it and just goes back into her house. It's great. But how it's many people do that? I know. Well, honestly, it's like, and then, and then until something horrific happens, you don't think twice about it. Yeah. So now we're at the morning of October 26th, because like I said, the screaming had stopped around 3 a.m. of that morning. Um, Sylvia couldn't speak intelligibly or coordinate her limbs to move correctly. She was brought into the kitchen by Gertie. Um, She attempted to feed her a donut and a glass of milk, but Sylvia threw it to the floor because she couldn't bring the milk to her lips. Oh, but okay, sorry, no, I misread that. But Gertie threw Sylvia to the floor when she couldn't bring the glass to her lips. Um, she was put back in the basement. Sylvia became delirious and was moaning and mumbling. Paula asked her to recite the alphabet, and she could only say the first four letters and couldn't go past that. She couldn't get off the ground, and Paula threatened her to stand up so she would jump on her. Um, if she, um, since She's like, get up, or I'm going to do something to you. And Sylvia couldn't even stand, so she jumped on top of her. She ended up uh, defecating on herself, and Gertie made herself clean up, even though she was very... Out, out of sorts and delirious and literally like dying inside. Um, that afternoon, Sil- S- several of Sylvia's tormentors gathered in the basement. She was jerking at the tormentors, the ones that she could recognize and could say their names. She was like laying on the floor, just like seizing almost is what I could compare it to. Mm-hmm. Um, Gertie tried to give her a rotten pear to eat and Sylvia could feel her tooth. Uh, her teeth were so loose from just lack of nourishment. Yeah. yeah. And then Jenny reminded her that her tooth had been knocked out when she was seven, so she didn't have that one front tooth. 
Um, and then she, Jenny ends up leaving to go perform chores for the neighbors to help earn money. She just ends up leaving the house while her sister's literally there like, uh, I just, I couldn't imagine being in that mindset and being so terrified too. Cause you're Is anybody like, else like super crying during all this? <laughs> it's just me. Like I can't. <laughs> but wait, there's more. I know. I know. Um, John Jr. attempted to wash Sylvia with a garden hose as he sprayed her down. She tried to escape but could barely make it to the stairs. In her effort, Gertie ends up stomping on her head, and then after she stops, she just stares at her. She just just stops and stares. So that boy, Richard Hobbs, comes over again after around 5.30 in the evening, and he ends up slipping on the wet stairs because they just sprayed her with the hose in the basement. And um, he was met by Stephanie holding Sylvia's emaciated body. She had been ordered to clean by her mother. They gave her a warm, soapy bath and put her in new clothes. They laid her on the mattress in one of the bedrooms upstairs as Sylvia muttered her last wish that her daddy was here and that Stephanie take her home. Shirley, who is younger than Stephanie, she was one of the younger siblings, exclaimed, Oh, she'll be all right. Oh. Stephanie realized um, Sylvia had then stopped breathing and tried mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation as Gertie just shouted that she was faking her death. Um, Sylvia, Fuck you, Gertie. So Ugh. finally, Sylvia succumbed to her injuries that night um, on October 26th at the age of 16. Although Gertrude Banaszewski initially beat Sylvia's corpse with a book shouting, Faker, Faker, to rouse her, she soon panicked and um, told Richard Hobbs to call the police from a nearby payphone. The police arrived approximately at 6.30, and she led them to Lycan's emaciated, extensively bludgeoned, and mutilated body lying upon a soiled mattress in the bedroom before handing them the letter she had forced Sylvia to write to, um, uh, also, or, or, yeah, that she had made her write. Right. And then she claimed um, she had been doctoring the child for an hour or more prior to her death, having applied uh, rubbing alcohol to her wounds in a futile attempt at first at first aid before she had died. So she made it seem like she had ran away from home mm -hmm. and that she had just got back to the house and they were trying to save her and now she's all of a sudden dead. Yeah. Yep. That's literally what the so next we one. we pull each child aside and the mother and, and let's get these stories. That's, and, and that's, let's get stories from everybody individually, shall mm -hmm. we? So she said that she had run away from home earlier with several teenage boys before returning to her house. And the neighbor kids. Earlier Sorry. that yeah afternoon, bare-breasted and clutching the note. Um, when they went and talked to Paula, she was holding a Bible stating that um, all present in the household, um, to all present that in the household that Sylvia's death was meant to happen. Then glanced in Jenny's direction and calmly stated, if you want to live with us, Jenny, we'll treat you like our own sister. Ew. Yeah, no thanks. Hey, you guys said that in the beginning, and look what fucking happened. So, as in previously instructed by Gertie, Jenny recited the rehearsed version of events leading to Sylvia's death to police before whispering to the officers, you get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Okay. So, she, like, went off by herself, and they, they showed Jenny that. Jenny said this? Jenny. Okay. She's like, if you can please get me away from this house, I will tell you everything. Yes, yes, yes. So. Come on, officers. Um, Come on, officers. Yes. Yeah. So the formal statement provided by Jenny prompted officers to arrest Gertie, Paula, Stephanie, and John Banaszewski Jr. on a suspicion of Sylvia's murder within hours of the discovery of her body. Good. The next day, Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs were also arrested and charged with the same offenses. The three older Banaszewski children plus Coy Hubbard were placed in custody um, at a, dis ju a juvie dis 
detention center. The younger kids were detained at the Indianapolis Children's Guardians Home, and they were all held without bail pending trial. So even the kids were taken. Whew, good. Yeah. yeah. Literally just because <laughs> Jenny was so just like, happy. yeah. <laughs> but I'm I, only crying. <laughs> but it's just like, she got justice and she got it fast because Jenny's like, please get me the fuck out of here. Oh get me the God. fuck out of here. But, wait. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay, so I'm going to get through this next couple parts, and then I think we may pause for the cause, pause for the cause and uh, prepare for the next episode. Okay. So initially, you know, Gertie denied any involvement in her death, um, although by October 27th, she had confessed to knowing the kids, knowing, have knowing... Having, oh my gosh, she had confessed to having known the kids, particularly her daughter and Paula and Koi, had physically and emotionally abused Sylvia, and that Koi did a lot of the beating. Mm -hmm. She further admitted to having forced a girl to sleep in the basement on approximately three occasions when she had wet the bed. She became very (laughs) evasive when one one officer stated... The likely reasons that Sylvia had become incontinent were her mental distress and injury to her kidneys. So, I think we are going to <coughs> stop. I need to get myself pulled together. Yeah, Shauna needs. Yeah, because because it. there's they they get more into. I'm gonna it. get. I know you guys. I'm just. I'm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm crying with you. <laughs> so if, if you're not crying, <laughs> I. Going through and researching for this case this last week, like, it's, especially because it's one that I've heard about before. Hi, silly. But, like, but like getting more in, there's going to be more in, about, like, what actually, like, they talk about, like, what's gone on with her body. Okay, so, so more like, more gory details, guys. More well, tears. Get a Kleenex. Get get a box of tissues. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you guys got a couple-day breather. I'm not going to give Shauna a breather. We're going to stop this episode and get ready to prepare for the next one. But, okay, so, um... Uh, Instagram, you guys know where to find us. Anywhere, um, just look up Bloody Babbles Podcast. Just look us up. You'll find us. We're, we're everywhere. We're in your house music right now. Music by the Fighters. Hi. Hello. Yeah, Fantasy World Music by the Fighters is our um, intro sound on YouTube. Um, so until Friday, guys. Babylon. And cry a little too. Bye. <laughs> Do you enjoy dark comedy, puns, and laughter? If so, come join two good brothers, John and Patrick, as we discuss some of the craziest ways people die. That's so bizarre, strange, and borderline comical, that'll leave you dumbfounded. You can follow this podcast on all major platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram at the Pod and on Twitter at TDFDPod. And remember, think ahead, don't be dumbfounded.